0: never ever marks this spot.
1: doesn't believe he exists, the ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm
0: oh, Batman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that can assure you both, both of its, its hosts are not scrawls. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter
1: here Uh, how's it going man (laughs) not much (laughs) i was trying to think of like oh but surprise twist we're actually super scrolls or something like that but uh no honestly nothing's been going on with me how about you um i am completely
0: consumed by the olympics (laughs) oh nice that's awesome i've been watching i actually really enjoy watching the olympics i always have i'm more of a uh winter olympics person but there's a lot of like stuff surrounding this grouping of olympics that um, has been just completely fascinating me so i've been uh really heavily watching it um and like enough that we've gotten into fights in the house like what are we watching and i'm like well i'm watching the olympics
1: (laughs) (laughs) nice no i am i'm kind of like uh casually pretty interested in the winter olympics too just because i like Skiing and snowboarding and hockey and stuff. The summer Olympics, I rarely watch at all. Though um, I know people get very heated on like which Olympics they prefer, but yeah, I'm with you. I definitely prefer the winter, right. but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, but yeah, you know, it's yeah. I think it's I, it's it's been a lot of fun. So I've been watching a ton of the Olympics, um, and I'm really like what what's going on with the. Um, What's going on with Simone Biles and the U.S. gymnastics team has been like it's so like emotionally draining to watch because you, I can't even imagine what those girls are going through. And it's absolutely amazing to see them like pulling out the way they're pulling like they're like they're bringing it hard and it's awesome and it's satisfying. And it's it's like emotionally draining to watch. But um, I'm so happy
1: for all of them and what they're doing. So, uh, girls, I know you're listening. So keep up. The work. <laughs> I was going to ask, um, is there any sports that like this year that you've become consumed in that you just didn't expect? Or is that kind of a uh, gymnastics that, uh, uh, gymnastics is probably that age. I, I don't normally get
0: sucked into gymnastics, uh, come the Olympics, but, um, this year I've been really kind of like, kind of sucked into that. And, um, I used to do swim team back in the day. So like, I've always kind of watched the swimming stuff, but, um, watching Katie Ledecky get her gold for the 1500 meter, uh, freestyle was awesome. So that's, uh, that's 30 lengths in the pool. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of time in the water and, to get gold for a race like that is just, that was, that was a lot of fun to watch too. So, um, but yeah, that's awesome. that's, I mean, I've been watching more stuff. It's just, I've been very consumed with the Olympics.
1: So, um, well, enough, enough with this jack shit. Let's talk about some nerdy stuff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. So what are you? What are you watching uh, watching, reading? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I've only watched like two things. Um, One of the big things that I'm excited to say is I finally watched Black Widow. um, And Ah, yes. It was awesome. Like, I thought it was it was just really it was just a really cool, um, I guess, origin story that we never got. It was that in-depth origin story for Black Widow that we never got in any of the other movies. And um, that that's what I loved about it. But I loved that it wasn't a it wasn't your your typical superhero origin where they go back to the beginning and they tell everything in linear order. I liked how they did most of it in flashbacks and, uh, you know, While they were telling her backstory, there was also tons of present day action going on and stuff. So it didn't get like boring in the way that a lot of uh, origin stories can. Um, So I thought that was awesome. Um, Otherwise, I just thought the last like huge battle sequence was just so badass. And this is like a movie. On the I, I don't know
0: what to call it, like the red, the floating red room, if you will, or the it was basically yeah, the, like the evil Triskelion building. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but yes, exactly. Uh, that uh, the shield headquarters and shield headquarters is called the Triskelion. Um, that's the oh, name. there you go. That's, OK, that's the name of the building. And you and Captain America Winter Soldier, they destroyed it. Uh, OK, so. Yeah, anyway.
1: yeah. Well, that's that's actually exactly what it was. uh Reminding me of um, but yeah, no, no, that whole like battle sequence was awesome. And it was just it's kind of cool because this is a movie that went from I feel like three quarters of it. Like the action pretty spectacular, but it's also like really grounded. And uh, by the time they get to that, you know, that just last I can't even say fight scene. It's like multiple fight scenes and crazy action sequences and stuff. It's just like really over the top, but it doesn't um, it's not like. Uh, it doesn't go too far from what the movie had already been going with. It's just like they take all the action up to the next level and it's just really visually awesome. Like some of the, there's some parts of the fight scene where it's like um, Black Widow and Taskmaster like jumping off of pieces of debris that are falling to the ground and stuff while they're like basically free fall skydiving, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Like certain parts of that fight scene felt like it was from an anime or something. Cause it was just so over the top and so larger than life. And I just thought it was, but in the, best, just Marvel awesome way,
0: but in the best Marvel
1: way, it's so incredibly believable, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, and that, that's, that's what I love is like, it all technically could happen, but still it was just amazing. And uh, it was just really fun to watch. Um, since I mentioned taskmaster, I kind of have the same mistake that I think, and the same complaint that I think everybody else has is just I wish they would have done more with that character. Um, I feel like maybe they still can. But, um, yeah, it's just I kind of wish they did. I wish that it was closer to the cat taskmaster that we had in the comics. And I think that the um, how how uh, they talk in the movie about like she can mimic your fight moves and stuff. I really don't think that they they really showed that too well in the movie. Like, they talked about it, but I kind of wish they would have shown that um, because like I think there's some... Th- it.
0: They didn't cover it the way they would they did in the comic books kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and even thinking about, like, uh, there's the line that, like, she's, like, fighting a mirror. Like, I think if they actually showed a fight scene where it looked like Taskmaster was mirroring somebody's fight moves, like, uh, you know, uh, move for move, like, that could be a really interesting visual that i kind of just wish they took advantage of but it's one of those things like i said they might be able to do more with taskmaster in the future um i mean we are dealing with a multiverse now so we'll see what happens but uh that's really my only complaint i could have about the movie right okay uh what do you think about yelena yeah no she she was really cool and i think uh I, I really like uh, Florence Poo as an actress, and I I'm kind of looking forward to her, like kind of taking a bigger role in MCU. And uh, no, yeah, I, I really enjoyed her part in this and stuff like that. So, yeah, same here. And I was really kind of blown away by her. And she
0: literally like everything like she just it, she just chewed the scenery so much. It was just like every time she's on screen, I just wanted like, yes, what's she going to do next? Um, yeah, absolutely. She was, she was so good. Um, I didn't spoil the bonus scene too bad for you, did I?
1: No, no, it was okay because um, I honestly feel like what ended up happening is kind of what I expected once um, Julia Louise Dreyfus's character showed up. Like, it's kind of even like who the target is and stuff is kind of a little bit how I expected it to play out. Um, I was thinking of what you said about, like, where in the timeline does that scene take place? You know, is it post endgame or is it? at a different time because of or is it that she faked her death and that's just an empty grave yeah and it's one of those things that i want to watch again because i almost want to say um julia louise dreyfus hinted like i want to say like part of her dialogue hinted at the events of endgame but i don't know if that's just my own headcanon filling in gaps that weren't actually there sort of thing. So I kind of want to rewatch it. Um, We actually did buy it on Disney plus, which is awesome because I can just rewatch it as much as I want. (laughs) So I'll probably be doing that soon. All right, man, that's cool. I'm waiting
0: for it to be free so I can do the exact same thing, but I'm going to be, I'm going to be the guy that buys the (coughs) Blu-ray too. So um,
1: Yeah, yeah, my thing was just, I don't know. In the last week or two, I got really sick and I've just been super busy. And it was just like, we really wanted to watch this movie and just didn't have the chance to go to the theater. So it was like, screw it. <laughs> We're buying it sort of thing. So um, you've actually done the purchase.
0: How does that work? Is it just like, does it create a new tab for you? Does it like, um, just give you the access to the film? Like, how does that work on your screen? I'm just, cu- I'm curious.
1: Cause I haven't explored it at all. So, so like we did the purchase, but, uh, I've I've only watched it the one time, but from what I can tell, it's just there. So it's just would, you still have to look up Black look Widow at one of play. the various access points and then you just watch it. It doesn't like as far as I've seen, it doesn't create like a new tab or a new okay. profile or anything like that. Well, they made it
0: they made it sound like it was a uh, uh, it was going to be a new tab. <laughs> That's why I was curious. And I haven't. And like I said, I haven't explored it, so I didn't want to like you know, say the wrong thing, I guess you could say.
1: Oh, Uh, I hear you. Um, Oh, I did want to ask about just regarding Black Widow. Is there any parts of the movie? Like, is there any part of your review that you're holding back since I hadn't seen it yet? Or um, I just didn't know if there's anything you're waiting to say, but just I was late to seeing the movie. So you had to hold that back at all. Not really. I just loved the movie, like from the beginning to the end. And like
0: Black Widow. And comic book wise for me was always a secondary character. She was a she was a uh, supporting role character. She was never like one that I sought out the books to read. But going through the MCU and like watching all the movies and stuff, she very, very quickly became my favorite Avenger out of the out of the movies. And I was kind of like and I was really bummed that we didn't have a Black Widow movie sooner And it bummed me out that we had to wait as long as we did. But I'm just glad I saw it and I just loved every minute of it. Um, But it gives me hopes because we don't know because we have that empty grave at the end of the movie. We know her body's still on Voromir with all the weird timeline, alternate reality, crazy stuff going on. You know, Scarlet Witch, is she out or not? I have no idea. You know, so.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. And um, in a multiverse like. Pretty much any loose end can uh, can be turned on its head. So that's really that's a really good point to make. However, um, however, I was
0: reading uh, um, I'd been reading New Avengers and uh, Yolena made an appearance. So that was really kind of cool. And I'm like, oh, crazy. You know what I mean? So. At least where I'm at, Yolena made an appearance, it was a brief bit, but it was
1: still like, wow, that's awesome, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Something you're saying earlier, too, um, not to keep this going too long, but I do think it's kind of cool how you were saying in the comics, Black Widow was always kind of a side character to you. And then you end up watching the movies and you fall in love with a character. And I just think that's one of the interesting things about comic book cinema, Um, like in Marvel Comics, for example, like the Hulk is like he's one of my favorite characters in Marvel comics, but in the movies, like I honestly don't get that into the Hulk. And then like on the reverse side, I really, really like, uh, Thor as a character in the movies, but in the comics, like I, you know, barely ever read Thor comics. So it's just kind of an interesting, uh, dichotomy that can happen between comics and movies. And I think it's kind of, uh, it's just cool that a movie universe can get you into characters like that, that you might not have been that into, you know, previously. Yeah. Well, did you watch anything else or Blackboard? I watched I watched one other thing and I'm hoping you watched it as well. And that is Masters of the Universe Revelation. I did. But can we save it? Because I have one negative review and then
0: we can blow the crap out of Masters of the Universe because I was I love that. So, OK, awesome. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, no problem. You
0: ready for my negative review? Because we usually try and be positive on this show. You want to hear this? Sure. <laughs> I watched Space Jam.
1: Oh,
0: OK. <laughs> the sequel. <laughs> um, this was not a movie that I was going to rush to see, but since it was going to hit HBO Max for free for me to watch, I was gladly going to check it out. Um, so before I go into my review, do you do you remember the movie Trainwreck with Amy Schumer and Bill Hader? No. It was basically a romantic. It was it was basically a romantic comedy where with Amy Schumer and Bill Hader. Bill Hader, I, I think
1: I vaguely remember TV spots for this, but I never saw it. Well, Bill Hader plays a foot doctor
0: who works heavily with athletes. So, um and he does a lot of stuff with the NBA and in the movie he's friends with LeBron James.
1: Okay.
0: And LeBron James is in the movie and he plays himself. And in Trainwreck, LeBron James isn't that bad of an actor? I remember watching that movie going, huh, I kind of didn't expect that. He's actually kind of good. It's not bad. You know, we're not, we're not talking Oscars, but for a romantic comedy, you're looking for a guy to hold his own. And he did pretty well. Flash forward to space jam. I, 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 LeBron sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Holy cow, man. Like it is so bad. And like, The main villain is played by Don Cheadle. And I thought to myself, Don Cheadle is amazing. We're talking Academy Award winning Emmy nominated. Um, Don Cheadle is fantastic. He's War Machine. I can't wait for this. Don Cheadle was even bad in this movie. And and I don't know if it was the execution of the movie. The story
1: is it LeBron's fault. I can't tell. Um, Well, so when you mentioned LeBron, my brain first went to like, well, yeah, he was um, he was he might have been really good in train wreck but um you know acting opposite you know animated characters and stuff is a whole different beast it is and that's why i don't want to like really throw a lot of crap at that but (laughs) but then the, 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 the issue i think of is like don Cheadle. um then you bring him into the mix and uh with him being in the mcu and how much green screen work and stuff he's done there like I wouldn't think that he would be, be bad. So I don't know if it's a, you know, if it's just a directing error or like what really is I don't, going on.
0: I will say this though. The um, I'm going to spoil a chunk of the movie. Um, That's fine. <laughs> so basically I'm going to spoil the movie. It doesn't matter. Um, so essentially like the first movie is it's called space jam because the aliens and guys they have to play basketball against are from outer space. This Space Jam is about cyberspace. So okay. it's all it's all video game predicated like LeBron. James, so spoiler LeBron James kid um, isn't into basketball. He's more into video games and LeBron isn't liking the fact that his kid doesn't like playing basketball. And his kid is making his own video game, like legit developing a video game, which happens to be a basketball. Like you remember the old remember the old game uh, NBA Jam.
1: Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So his video game is very similar to like an NBA Jam style thing with like special power ups and like style points and all this like arcadey kind of a basketball game. And um, LeBron's like, yeah, okay, it's cool, whatever. But basketball is more important and all that stuff. And the kid wants to go to this E3 game developers (laughs) summer camp as opposed to basketball camp. And uh, anyway, the two of them get sucked into a computer. Don Cheadle plays the A.I. character who is controlling everything and wants to exploit the kid's game and take over LeBron. And, all. you know, so ultimately the bat game of basketball is within cyberspace. Um, OK. What? So you're just like, OK, it's Space Jam, cyberspace, outer space, space jam, whatever. Um, the plot of the movie doesn't have to be amazing, but ultimately that's the plot of the film where this movie shines. And this is the thing that kept me entertained all the way to the end is this is a movie like Ready Ready Player One where if Warner Brothers owns it, it's in the movie. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> when, they did, when they did crowd shots at the stadium, when they did people walking through areas, like you literally could pause and you could spot everything. Like the Batman 66 characters were in there. Mr. Freeze from Batman and Robin was in there. Pennywise was in there. The Flintstones, the Jetsons, <laughs> the Gremlins, the T-Rex, uh, King Kong, like the iron giant, like everything was in this movie. And there were times that you kept pausing to check out the background crowd shots and stuff like that. So that's where the movie, in my opinion, really shine. It was like, let's get as many cameo possibles in here to try and save this movie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, and I will say surprise, surprise. And we got to get off this because we got to get to master's of the universe. We're be talking all night. Um, I will say that uh, there is a Michael Jordan cameo, but it's not the Michael Jordan cameo to expect, (laughs) Um, which I'm going to spoil. So sorry, Peter, if you were planning on watching the movie. I I honestly wasn't. So they're at at halftime. They're losing. Sylvester, the cat, comes running. I think it was Sylvester, comes running, and he's like, I found Michael. Michael Jordan, I got him. And they do the big musical walk-in stuff, and it's Michael B. Jordan. And... (laughs) And LeBron's like, dude, that's Michael B. Jordan, the actor. And he's like, what do you mean? And Michael B. Jordan's like, dude, I was just getting some popcorn at the the concessions. But he's like, but I'm pulling for you guys. So it was a funny little moment, but um, it would have been great if it really was
1: Jordan for real. So Uh, but yeah, the movie (laughs) is not good. Um, the thing is, like, if oh, you go back and watch the original Space Jam, it is kind of like that, where it's filled with goofy cameos and product placement and uh, this is stuff like that. Cool so it. let's put it that way. <laughs> my, my my biggest issue is um, when Space, the original Space Jam came out, like Michael Jordan was. I don't even know if you can say household name. Like he was just like even higher than a household name. Like everybody knew Michael Jordan, everybody loved him. And I know LeBron James is like pretty close to that level, but I don't think he's there where he's universally loved in the same way as Michael Jordan. And, uh, like Michael Jordan was like, I mean, I might be exaggerating and it could just be from my age, but I feel like he was like one of the top five biggest celebrities at the time that movie came out. And, uh, I mean, that might be a little bit exaggerated, but but you know what I mean? And I just feel like it's a completely different beast with LeBron because he's just I don't know. Like I said, I don't think he's as universally loved and stuff like that. So um, I wasn't going to go out of my way for this one, but maybe I'll check it out someday. But Right. From what you've just said, it doesn't look like the spirit of the movie is that far off from the original one. Like you go back to the first one and some of the product placement is really cringy and stuff like that. So I, it is what it is. It's not worth your time. Um, <laughs> Fair enough.
0: <laughs> at any rate, um, let's talk Masters of the Universe. Holy cow, did I love this. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, I, I love this from the beginning to end. It was so good. Um the, the, voice cast, the voice cast blew me away. They were phenomenal. Um, Mark Hamill's uh, Skeletor was great. Um, I loved – there were some, actually some weird shots of some of the vehicles because uh, everything was animated. But some of the vehicles that did make it as toys didn't look like animation. They looked like the toys.
1: Yes, um, I know what you're I talking don't, about.
0: I don't, okay, good. You know what I'm talking about. It was weird. I was like, that doesn't look like animation. That looks like they literally put the toy on screen and put the characters around it. Like, it it just looked funny to me, but it thought, but it was awesome in that nostalgic sense. Um, it also made me realize that I, like, man, I had every single one of those toys. Everything you saw on screen, you're like, I had that, and I had that, and I had that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, it was just awesome. It was such a fun, nostalgic time. And then... When the show started, it took me back to that level of childhood. And I, for a brief moment, it was like that nostalgic. And then it got to the point where I was like, wow, I definitely grew up. And then Mm -hmm. the show got serious. And then I was like, oh, this is definitely for people of my generation. This isn't meant to be for kids the way the original was meant to be for kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, uh, so then there was that, but then, um, yeah, sorry, I'm drawing a brief blank because I'm. Kind, I feel like I'm just too excited to talk. So why don't you give me a quick uh, take on your part? So
1: yeah, it's it's hard to know where, where to begin with this one. Um, overall, I enjoyed the show a lot too. Like, I thought it was a really fun watch. Um, it's only five episodes, so it's like you can watch it in two and a half hours. So I burned through five, it super five fast. Episodes for part one, and that that's Let the thing. Clear. That's one of the things I wanted to get at because. I don't know when part two was going to release and I don't know if the episodes are done, but I kind of think it would have been better if the season was longer. Because while I actually enjoyed it quite a bit, I've heard a lot of complaints. And uh, I think the biggest complaints is like the show kind of never gives like the hardcore longtime fans what they want, which I think is okay. Um, But I think that that's where a lot of the backlash is coming, because everybody just wants to see. He-Man kicks some ass and all in all, when it comes to like the real He-Man doing stuff, you want to see him do. There's like a very short amount of time that you actually get to see that in the show. And, uh, the way the show ends, like it's a great cliffhanger, but I do understand how people are a little bit baffled because they're just like, but I just want to see He-Man. And like, uh, I don't know. It's like I said, I liked it. I just don't know if, Releasing such a short season with that sort of ending, it might not have been the best choice for them. But I, I don't know. I might be I don't know if you agree or what your thoughts are on that, but I've been seeing a lot of complaints. And it's kind of just because of uh, like what I said, the show doesn't give certain fans what they want in certain ways, I guess. Um, and I can understand what you mean by that. However, did you watch the after show? I haven't. I haven't watched the after
0: show. Uh, the after show is awesome and it really kind of makes you excited for what's coming because of, well, what's coming.
1: (laughs) Well, well, for sure. So like, um, I have heard some of the things that like, uh, Kevin Smith said about like next season and stuff. And it actually all sounds really awesome. Um, and I actually, uh, I'm excited for some of the stuff that's going to come with Skeletor. And, uh, I don't know the, uh, the name of that version of Skeletor, well, I'm going in, into spoilers here, <laughs> but at the, the end of the season, um, what you're presented with, with kind of like the la- last shot I thought looked really badass, and I'm kind of really excited to see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I just, uh, it's an interesting thing. i am just, I guess I'm hoping that the people who are complaining now stick around for the second season when they're pleasantly surprised. And, uh, yeah, it gives you a lot of stuff to be excited about. Yeah is all that I'm saying, I guess. All right. But um, uh, other than that, I can say, like, I did enjoy the uh, the world building was awesome. The animation was awesome. Like, like I said, I, I did enjoy this for the most part. I just think it's kind of seeing the rea- like fan reaction to the show has been pretty interesting for me. And uh, I'm not somebody who's like a hardcore Masters the Universe fan, so I've kind of been watching it a bit as an outsider, and the only reason I'm not is kind of just because of my age, you know, I was very, very young when uh, He-Man was airing, so yeah, I don't know. (laughs) No, I hear you. Anyway, look, the show was great. I'm looking for more. Hopefully they
0: make the season long. Maybe part two will be longer episodes. I don't know. I don't we don't know if there was a time crunch. We have to get this out kind of situation. I really don't. Um, but it it was I really liked it all the way through. It was great. So um, and I understand, you know, we wanted maybe a little bit more He-Man, but it made me realize that some of the characters growing up that I wasn't necessarily into are a lot more badass than I thought they were. I mean, <laughs> So, yeah,
1: no, I, I hear you. Um,
0: I just feel like I feel like a lot of it was natural progression of the story too. like, if you're going to tell this story and you're going to come back. How do you do this the most smart way possible, you know, um, and I do feel like it was very naturally put together and it was very intelligently put together. So, like very careful hands were working on it. That's how I feel, like, regardless of me liking or disliking a direction they took with certain things. I do feel it was very, very carefully handled. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, did you ever watch the uh, 2003 uh, Masters of the Universe show, the animated series? Yeah, I saw about five minutes of that. Oh, did did you not like it, or it's yeah, just I did of, not like it. I was more of a "What is this?" and really, because because yeah. I, I I actually watched um, a decent amount of that, and I thought that was really awesome. That was um, the that was the in space one, right?
0: If you will the one that it was more in space, like when he had the ponytail and the weird pants.
1: Um, or am I thinking I of
0: a different iteration of He-Man?
1: You, I'm not sure. I would have to look that up as from what I remember of it, it was very straightforward. Like the same He-Man, you know, and love just done with like a little bit more modern animation. Um, yeah, now I'm actually really curious. I don't remember, uh, pants and a ponytail, but, uh, all right. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think I've got to research that a little bit more um, for maybe next week or something. Like that. Right. Well,
0: Masters of the Universe is great. I can't wait for more. Um, I do. I do hope that they bring She-Ra into the mix. That is something I am looking forward to um, just because originally He-Man and She-Ra were two separate shows. And they did crossovers on occasion. But if yeah. you're going to do Masters of the Universe, I really feel like. Open up the door. Open up the floodgates. Get them all in there. Do the whole thing all at once. I think it'd be amazing. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. And um, like Netflix has done. Um, I mean, they've already done a Shira show, so they could easily cross over. I would. I let's would think. let's be um, real. Let's be real. Not like this. Um,
0: and and if you know what I'm talking, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go check out that Shira show, and you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> OK, <laughs> nothing against nothing well, against Amy Carrero, who does the voice of She-Ra, because she's
1: awesome. But um, <laughs> so the, <laughs> oh, the show the show yeah. is like a is like a younger version of She-Ra, right? Yeah, it's a weird it's also a really weird
0: animation style. You might like the animation because of the artwork. But when you go when you walk in expecting She-Ra and you're not getting the Shira that you're thinking you're getting,
1: it it's very jarring. So. Well, could they could they do a crossover with Masters of the Universe with that She-Ra, but set in like 10 years in the future or something? And then maybe they could change the animation style and stuff like it, that. Change the animation style? Probably. OK. That's yeah, both. that's kind of what uh, I mean, I figured that they would change some stuff anyways. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know too much about the actual She-Ra show, so I don't know what to tell you about that one. But I'm um, <laughs> sure and they will The only reason I brought up the 2003 Masters of the Universe animated series is kind of like that's something that's there for um, people who want like a because I feel like this new series is a little bit like I've been hearing people compare it to The Last Jedi. And I do kind of think it has that sort of level of Last Jedi sort of deconstruction of uh, the He-Man universe and stuff like that. And I feel like. The 2003 series is there, too, if people want more of just like a straightforward adaptation of He-Man. It's kind of cool that both um, exist. And uh, like I said, I actually really enjoyed the 2003 version of He-Man. I'm not sure. Like, I'm looking up pictures of it right now, and I'm not seeing pants or ponytails so i'm actually going to do a little more research <laughs> to figure out which version you you watch drew because uh yeah i was <laughs> i wasn't expecting that so i'm actually really curious now all righty well um how about this we've talked a lot already let's
0: get to this <laughs> absolutely, absolutely i'm looking at our time counter i'm like holy cow we've talked a lot um a couple quick ones real quick um We'll cover and we'll get through them fast. Uh, Hawkeye finally has a uh, premiere date. It'll be November twenty fourth, so uh, Thanksgiving weekend it looks like, um, and it'll that'll be a Wednesday. So, I, so I believe I'd have to look at the calendar, but if it's going to start on a Wednesday, that's like Black Wednesday, I think. Um, so that's awesome. We'll watch that right as we go into our uh, Thanksgiving weekend. We'll have some great uh, Hawkeye stuff to talk about. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, and I just think that's cool that we get a premiere date because of the Black Widow connection to Hawkeye. Um, There is a live action Pokemon series in development at Netflix. Um, I really am not surprised by this news, but at the same time, I'm also like, I'm surprised it hasn't happened sooner. I really am. Um, Especially with, (laughs) especially like, Detective Pikachu might not have
1: been the best movie, but I'm just surprised it hasn't happened sooner. Um,. So, so I'm not a big Pokemon fan. I've honestly heard nothing but like glowing reviews about Detective Pikachu. But a lot of the people that I've talked to about it are really big Pokemon fans <laughs> and are just super happy that like they've represented Pokemon like in the way that they should be represented sort of thing. Um okay. The uh, the Netflix live action Pokemon series is pretty exciting, but I'm a little bit weary of it, too, just from some of the stuff I've heard about the live action uh, Avatar, the last airbender series that they're doing, because I've heard they're just changing up stuff like way too much from like a really beloved sort of series. And I just hope they don't uh, change up the Pokemon stuff too much. But like I said, I'm honestly not a big Pokemon <laughs> pokemon fan so <laughs> i mean i mean i could take it or leave it but uh yeah it's very interesting and i'll be look i i mostly i'm just looking forward to seeing what the live action pokemon designs look like you know right well um i should have
0: structured this a little bit better i literally was looking through the news and went, oops i meant to put this with the hawkeye news because hawkeye's got the release date so back to hawkeye real quick <laughs> uh, vincent d'onofrio who played wilson fisk in the uh I um, daredevil television show on Netflix or the daredevil Netflix series um, is rumored to be reappearing uh, to re coming back to play uh, Wilson Fisk in uh, the Hawkeye series. Um, This does not surprise me. And I'm willing to bet it's probably more than a rumor. If it's hitting the Internet like this, only because we already know that Charlie Cox for Daredevil from that series is going to be in Spider-Man. So I just thought I'd point that out like that's kind of cool, but um bring that up i don't know if you have anything to add to that or not but
1: yeah i mean it's it's definitely really cool um it's just more in-universe connectivity which we're all excited about but um i mean the good good news is this wasn't surprising to me at all so i think that's just It's kind of just cool to, you know, that just goes to show you that Marvel's handling things right and uh, stuff like this isn't a big shocker. It's just, oh, yeah, that's of course he would be making an appearance if they're going to have Kingpin in there, you know, that sort of thing.
0: Well, in the world of Marvel, let's talk about a rumor that we have to. um, Dispel, Um, there is a Internet theory that has a link from WandaVision to. uh Loki, like really heavily linked in terms of like certain powers and abilities manifesting at certain times, if you will. OK. Uh, so someone has noticed that. Uh, if with Loki season one finale, the theory has started to take the Internet by storm. If you start the finale of the Tom Hiddleston Loki show at the exact same time as the WandaVision finale, Something a bit amazing happens right at the very moment Elizabeth Olsen begins to absorb her chaos magic back from Catherine Hahn and officially transforms back to the Scarlet Witch. Kang mentions that the mult at that very moment at the same time code Kang mentions that the multiverse has started to split open. <laughs> and then Scarlet Witch will and then the next time you see Scarlet Witch will appear in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Basically, the showrunners of said shows have basically come out and said that it is a mere coincidence and that and that was not done on purpose. <laughs> so in your own headcanon, if you want, you can take that for what you will. I just thought it was interesting. I started reading about the theory is like, "Ooh, that's crazy. And then I saw this article,
1: I was like, oh, hey, direct quote from the guy saying it's not a thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I laugh just because I know in the MCU there's. So many little details between movies and uh, little things that I mean, I've seen like TikToks and stuff where people are pointing out like these different, like, oh, there's a picture frame with this character and you know, this movie that you know you don't find out till like three movies later, and there's a lot of crazy, intricate details in the MCU. So, I honestly was gonna say. I believe it, you know, like I believe that this is true, that it was actually planned. But apparently, you know, the showrunners are shutting it down. But I laughed when you brought this up because I was just thinking, who's the person who figured that out? (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. It's it's the
0: people that either haven't left their basement or their covid shut ins and they have nothing else better to do. And that's why we have all
1: these amazing streaming services. And so it's it's it's. It's awesome. Like, I'm glad they figured it out. It's just it's just funny. Like, who actually put the time in to figure that out? But uh, no, what were you saying? Well, I was going to say that was a really good segue for me to say. Speaking of streaming services,
0: um, this past year, we've been graced with a so far we've been graced with an incredible lineup of movies from HBO, uh, HBO Max, because Warner Brothers said that every movie that they'll release in theaters will release same day as theaters and on HBO Max. So you can watch them at home if you'd like to do so. Um, HBO Max, speaking of which, um, we're real close to the launch of Suicide Squad, um, which is getting incredible, incredible reviews from all the important uh, critics. And when I say important critics, I don't mean normal film critics who don't have any clue what they're talking about when it comes to comic book movies. I'm talking about critics like IGN and comic book resources and stuff like that, like the people who like. They're giant comic book fans watching into this movie, expecting something, apparently getting what they're expecting and raving about it. So, like, those Mm -hmm. glowing those reviews are coming in and it's making me excited to watch it
1: because we're like
0: a week or two out. Anyway, uh, speaking of HBO for the year of 2022, it won't be the full slate for Warner Brothers. But Warner Brothers will release 10 films straight to streaming in 2022. So that doesn't sound like it'll be theater either. It'll be straight to streaming. Um, And the article, if you if you look up the article and read it, basically ultimately they're saying that Warner Brothers is realizing that some movies are going to make giant bank at the box office and some movies are not. So let's take the movies that are not going to make that giant bank and give them straight to streaming where we can build a viewership with uh, subscribing customers and stuff like that, where you're still getting money out of it um, and use kind of like the Netflix model. And then you take your big tentpole films, throw them in the theater and make the millions and millions of dollars that they're meant to be made. So I just think that's awesome. So it's 10 films. There's no list yet. But they said 10 films will be straight to streaming. So
1: that's uh, yeah, that's really interesting. That's a cool. Strategy they have going there, and uh, it'll just be cool to see which films are actually gonna <laughs> gonna be on the streaming service. Now, in terms of
0: Warner Brothers and the DC universe, I got two stories that I thought you'd like to hear. Uh, one of them is a direct quote from uh, David Goyer, who he's uh, he's one of the screenwriters that worked on Man of Steel. He yeah. worked on the Dark Knight trilogy. He worked with. Um, Snyder a little bit on certain things. So David Goyer is a name that we've known for a while. He also helped. He also wrote the Blade series, the Blade movies. I don't know about the new one, but definitely the other ones, the older ones. He had a some things to say about why DC was not able to get their movies up to the same level that Marvel has. Uh, And this is a really interesting quote, and it's something that we have been saying for a very long time. So this is coming from someone who's worked directly with said IP. Um, He said, I think one of the issues that Marvel's had consistent leadership for the last 15 years or more where DC hasn't, there have been all of these changes in um, in terms of who's running DC. It's fundamentally very hard. It's hard to make any headway when leadership is changing. One of the other things that's made Marvel incredibly successful is all of their adaptations are true to the source material. Ant-Man feels like Ant-Man. The Hulk feels like Hulk. They don't try to change things up. I would say try try to hew closer to what the original content. So it's having consistent universe, having consistent leadership and staying true to the source material. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing I I can't argue about that at all. (laughs) I read that and I'm like, we've been talking about that on this show for three years now that you literally um, you literally don't like consistency. We want consistency. We want you to get it right. We watch a comic book movie. And if you get one thing wrong, we're all all of us comic book fans are screaming. You had one job, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Like, Get it right. Pay attention. You have source material written for you. It's there as a guide. Marvel's using it very heavily. You know, sometimes they'll veer off and do their own thing for a little bit, but they always get right back on track because they're trying to do something just a slightly different. And they veer you back where they're supposed to be. Um, but, you know, it's their consistency. Um, so, Peter, here's the other one. And I think you'll like this. Remember, when we were talking about the Black Superman project for HBO. Yes. HBO Max. OK. And there was some uh, people talking about how it was supposed to be uh, Val Zod, Kal-El's foster brother from Earth 2. And then they were saying it's actually going to be kal and it's going to be a whole reimagining of Superman, but done with the African-American actor. Mm-hmm. OK, so this is official. Michael B. Jordan is developing Black Superman project for HBO Max. Michael B. Jordan is re- reportedly working on a Black Superman project for HBO Max, the film or television series which they haven't officially said yet, would center on DC Comics character Val Zod, Kal-El's foster brother, a fellow Kryptonian from Earth 2. Yeah. So there we go. So where I was hoping that was the case, that's the case. Where before they were all saying the wrong thing, like everyone was reporting that it's going to be Kal-El like – this is that you got to read farther in. So we're getting actual confirmation um, reading further into the article. It looks like Michael B. Jordan is interested in playing the character, but he's not a hundred percent certain that he will.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's, so, that's really interesting. I didn't know about that part. I thought it was like for sure confirmed that he was going to be playing him, but uh, no, this is exciting. Um, I mean, we've talked about like the idea of Michael B. Jordan playing, Insert comic book character here is like an overplayed sort of internet meme, but uh, no, I think this is really exciting, and I'm kind of uh glad that they're going with Val Zod because we still, I mean, do we know for sure if Henry Cavill is ever coming back as Superman? And I think uh, there's just going to be a lot of a lot less it, confusion from uh, the fans and uh, stuff like that, so yeah, yeah if you, it's it if just you're sounds creating- cool overall. If
0: you're going to do the Flashpoint universe, if you're going to do the Flash film coming out with Affleck in it as Batman, no matter what you do with the DC multiverse, whatever you're planning on doing with the multiverse, you have Ben Affleck Batman in the movie, who is from the Snyderverse, right? Yeah. If you're a sta- if you have an established ver- Snyderverse and then you have your Robert Pattinson Batman, who you've already declared is on Earth, too. And you're not ready to commit to giving any news on a man of steel 2 but the possibility is there so you would want Henry Cavill to play Kal-El in Man of Steel 2 you don't go and do another project and confuse the fans you say hey this is the superman from earth 2 because we're creating this earth 2 universe over here and we'll have it with Robert Pattinson and Michael B Jordan it'll be awesome Mm -hmm. And the fans won't be confused. And then we're all going to go see all these movies anyway. And then at the end of Flashpoint, we're all going to be wowed when it's a big crossover and we get everything we wanted
1: anyway. So (laughs) that's kind of how I look at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm in agreement there. And uh, yeah, like I said, this is just cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, just you talking about like all the different multiverse possibilities. It's just making my mind uh, wander. And there might be some really cool stuff that we're able to get in the future. As long as uh, kind of relating back to the David Goyer story, as long as DC can kind of stay on the path it's on and not, you know, (laughs) keep changing directions, we could get some really cool multiversal events, you know, in the future. Yeah. 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 All right. One more
0: news story. And then we got to get to our list because we're running (laughs) Um, This is this is interesting and scary. Um, There's not a lot to say on it, but it it concerns me for what is going what could possibly happen. So here's your science story for the uh, month, because I usually do. I'm I'm realizing I do about one science story a month. Um, Temperatures in India right now in Dubai are reaching up to one hundred and fifteen degrees Fahrenheit at the moment. That's a lot. That's really high. That's like melting your body high. Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) They're using a technique right now called cloud seeding, where they launch a drone into the clouds, determine the precise voltage required to make them release large droplets, then zap them to generate heavy rainfall.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So here's the thing. Living in the Chicago area, I know that if it gets super hot and humid and it's about to rain, I know that once it rains, yes, it's going to cool it off, but it's going to get really muggy and kind of worse. So I don't know how that's a good thing. The other thing in my head is you guys are legitimately controlling the weather, Yeah, which is legit science fiction stuff. But it's also like the plot of the movie The Avengers.
1: Yes, that's what I
0: was thinking. Um, too. (laughs) (laughs) Not not. Avengers, like Marvel Avengers, (laughs) but the movie like that followed the old television series, the Avengers of like Emma Peel and whatnot. Um, Who is it? It's Uma Thurman and Jude Law, I want to say. It's Uma Thurman and I'm pretty sure it's Ray Fiennes or Ralph Fiennes or however.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, you're you're right. And then
0: Sean Connery is the crazy, evil, mad scientist who built a weather controlling machine. Um, So the The interesting thing about that is, like, I'm very concerned about what that's going to do to global weather patterns. If you're forcing rainfall in one area of the world, like, how is that? How is that going to change things? Um, but the article, <laughs> I don't
1: know if it's we're already screwed and. <laughs> Like you can't you can't mess up the uh, the global weather situation already worse than we already have. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Well, you can
0: see how my where my brain went when I read that article. And I was like, whoa, hold on a second. We got to talk about this.
1: (laughs) No, absolutely. I've actually heard of this before. um, And I I guess I didn't remember or realize that it was Dubai. But I've uh, I I have heard of this like this cloud seeding thing. And uh, I mean, I guess I always assumed it was so they could grow crops and stuff like that like I assumed it was for farming purposes as opposed to you know heat control but I'm not really uh I'm not really sure I don't I'm not I'm definitely not an expert I don't know too much about it but it is it is really weird when you think of how much we've advanced as a species on this planet and some of the things that humans are able to do (laughs) like report record podcasts and, uh, you know, creating rain clouds like <laughs> it's just really bizarre. So I don't really know what to say about this one. It is really weird and pretty creepy when you start to think of the ins and outs of it, for sure. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I'm
0: I think it's time we talked the list, but I just had to bring that up, man. It's just it creeped me out. and I was like, we need to talk about this. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, man. You ready to talk the list for the night? Yeah, let's go for it. Perfect. All right, dude. Well, uh, Ryan, it is list time. So do me a favor and roll the thing. And now for the top five. All right, Peter, this was your list pick, man. So uh, why don't you explain to everybody what
1: we're doing tonight? And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not really, uh, for no particular reason necessarily. I just thought it would be fun to talk about our favorite, uh, superhero sidekicks from comics and pop culture, um, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, it's, I just kind of thought it'd be fun to go into the comic book realm of things. We've been doing a lot of movie based, uh, podcasts lately and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, not too much, uh, not really too much that inspired it. Other than that, I just thought it'd be a fun conversation that we haven't had yet. So, yeah. All
0: right. Well, um, and I agree. Um, I didn't find this list hard to be honest. Um, but it did make me realize I was going through the list. I'm like, wow, we really haven't talked about the side. Um, (laughs) like just in a general sense, we haven't really talked about them. And then I realized that we have, um, Uh, there are more DC sidekicks than there are Marvel. Yeah, that Uh, is
1: true. Which kind of blew my mind a little like, oh, look at that. So, yeah, I think I do think that sidekicks might just be like a really big sort of like golden age comics trope. You know, a lot of the superhero comics go back to like the really early golden age of comics with, um, you, you know, like early, early 40s, late 30s. And, you know, that's where they had a lot of sidekicks. And then some of these Marvel characters that were developed, you know, a decade or two later, it's, you know, sidekicks just weren't in vogue, I guess. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's just an interesting thing to think about. But, um, no, it is it is a good point. Like most of my list is <laughs> D.C., so there's that. But, uh, yeah.
0: Five,
1: two. Interesting. All right. I got two DC, two Marvel,
0: one independent, and then I have two honorable mentions. I have two honorable mentions as well. Nice. All right. So um, I guess I got to go first on I?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: my, <laughs> so my first honorable mention is going to make you laugh. And uh, it's because now I'm not a big <laughs> fan of this series, but when you think about the character, you're like, yep, that's, well, how could you not? Um, and that's Woodstock. As in Snoopy and Woodstock. <laughs> okay, nice.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Does if Woodstock know. fit into the superhero role, or is that why it's an honorable mention? Well, it's 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 an honorable mention because it doesn't really fit into the superhero
0: universe, and I don't know if he would have made my top five. But I was like, you have to mention Woodstock, man. I'm like, yeah. I gotta have to bring this up because it's one, it's funny, and two, like,
1: why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Like, he's one of the original sidekicks, so. He he is he is uh, a comic sidekick, you know, he uh, he is at least in the same medium. So, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's really funny. Uh, I didn't even think of that, but I just tried to stick really hardcore to the superhero aspect. But uh, no, that's really funny. (laughs) Um, But yeah, man. All right. So what's your first honorable mention? Okay, so both of my honorable mentions feel kind of like cheats but technically they're not and that's why they're honorable mentions but my first one is actually an anime character which you probably didn't see coming but i chose uh Deku, also known as Izuku Midoriya from My Hero Academia. And the reason why he feels like a cheat is because I don't really think he's a sidekick. Like, he's the main character of the series. And the series is about kids in school learning to be superheroes. It's really similar to a sky high sort of situation. Oh, gotcha. The thing is, though, he technically is a sidekick because in certain arcs, like there's one of the one of the biggest, uh, arcs are one of the coolest arcs that I've read in the manga. He is interning as a sidekick for another superhero, like how we intern for different jobs and stuff. He actually interns as a sidekick. So technically he fits the mold, but in reality I just didn't feel like he filled that role that well um, because he's more, I'd compare him more like he's kind of more of like the Harry Potter character of the series. And you wouldn't say like Harry Potter is like, Dumbledore's sidekick or something like that. So that's kind of why he didn't make my full list, but uh, no, I love this character and love the series. I really need to catch up on the anime because I think I'm a season or two, two behind, but uh, no, I love uh, Izuku. So he just had to make my list. Gotcha. Um, So my next one is one
0: that I didn't. All right. So he falls, definitely falls in the superhero realm. I, didn't really like the character in the comic books, but in the movie in the, in the, all right, he's in one movie for, he's in multiple of the Marvel movies, um, but he's really heavily featured in one and it, he just really kind of stood out to me and that's Wong. Dr. Strange's assistant.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Um, definitely works. He's,
0: he's, he's fantastic in the Dr. Strange (sighs) film. And then he's got these little cameos in the other movies where he doesn't do much, but he's got these little moments, but I loved him in the movie. He was always just kind of there. He's he's like in the comics. I always felt like he was Doctor Strange's Alfred, and in this movie, he felt like Doctor. In the movie, he feels like Doctor Strange's Alfred, but he also feels like an equal at the same time. Um, so yeah, I don't that's, know. That's just, a
1: good way of putting it, and uh, it's a cool way of thinking of it because I think I always recognized him as Doctor Strange's Alfred as well. But it's kind of a cool way that um, in the movies he's. You know, presented as that character who can yeah. hold his own and join. So I'm specifically calling out the movie stuff. version of the character. Like. Yeah, absolutely, that's awesome. Anyway, uh, what's your next honorable mentions tonight? Yeah, so my next honorable mention is a cheat because it is two characters as opposed to one. No, I did not pick the Wonder Twins, though. I went with Blunt Man and Chronic. <laughs> and the reason I went with this is because. Yes, they're a superhero duo. But when you think about it, if somebody asked you who is Bluntman's sidekick, you would say Chronic and vice versa. Uh, These are the uh, comic book characters that are uh, inspired by Jay and Silent Bob from uh, Kevin Smith's Jay and Silent Bob movies. And when it really came down to looking at different superhero sidekicks that I Enjoy the most and have consumed a ton of media of whether it be the Kevin Smith movies, but also like Jay and Silent Bob's super groovy cartoon movie is all about blunt, it's all about the characters becoming Blunt Man and Chronic. And I've even read a couple of Kevin Smith's like indie Jay and Silent Bob comics that uh, have to do with Blunt Man and Chronic. And uh, this was just a fun pick, like I just had to go with <laughs> sort of thing. So, yeah. Um.
0: Yeah, no, that's that makes perfect sense. And the blunt man. (laughs) But you're right. If you ask, like, who's blunt man sidekick, it's going to say chronic. And if you. ask, (laughs) Blunt Man. But I understand why you made that an honorable mention as opposed to an actual pick. What just but just in your explanation. But yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, And I didn't even honestly in the terms of the superhero stuff. I didn't even think about those two when I was trying to figure out my list. So Um, all right, man. So my first pick for the night is Falcon um and that would be uh you know falcon as in falcon the winter soldier or you know anthony mackie or however you want to however you want to word that but falcon um and this is another one where the movie version like you know excites me more than the comic book version um don't get me wrong i like the comic book version so when he pops up in the comics and does stuff with captain america i'm always down but anthony mackie hit the hit you know he really knew what he was doing and took that for a ride and it's awesome um but pairing him up making captain america and falcon are such a great um hero sidekick duo um they complement each other really well um when you watch like winter soldier for example they uh they really know how to like roll off each other they understand each other's like even though they fought in two completely different wars it's that a level of understanding between the two of them and it's it's just kind of a golden like friendship. Um, and no matter what happens in the series, like when you move into civil war and stuff, they got each other back straight through it, you know. And I love that line when he's like, you know, people who end up shooting at you tend to start shooting at me too. You know what I mean? It's like, Are you sure you want to do this? you know? Like the way they play off each other and like Captain America's like, I need I, we need some assistance and Falcon's like, I know a guy and he brings an ant man, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they just they have these great moments and it's awesome. When he original officially like explains to him his like wings and he's like, well, I thought he's like, I never said I was a pilot, you know, and you get to see the Falcon wings at the same time. But when they're like, I'm not I don't know if I could ask you to do this. He's like, Captain America needs my help. You know what I mean? Like Falcons there. Um, So that's why I brought him up. So Falcons, my pick for the night.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's kind of like uh, it sucks because Falcon was so close to making my like down to the wire. Like I almost had him on my list and, uh, I agree with everything you said. Like he just barely didn't make my list and I'm kind of wishing that I put him on my list now so we could match. But, uh, no, I agree with everything you just said, like down to the, um, preferring, like I got more into it, into the character through the movies as opposed to the comics, even though I do like that, the comic version of Falcon. Um, and he's just a really cool character that, uh, Like, it's cool to see him in the movies where he starts off as kind of uh, hinted at kind of being a sidekick or assistant to Captain America and how he's gone through the movies to and through his own show to um, picking up the Captain America helm, but also um, just becoming a hero in his own right. And uh, I love his new costume. I think like just seeing him fly around with the captain America suit and shield was just so cool. So no, this is a great pick. And this literally was like, like a couple hours before (laughs) it's recorded, he was on my list. So I kind of feel bad that he's not it anymore, but uh, yeah, great pick for sure. All right. So what's your first pick of the night? So the first one that I'm gonna go with is uh, Hit Girl from uh, Kick Ass. Uh, either the movies or the comics, but um, I'm definitely much more familiar with the movies. Um, and I just think that uh, this is a character that's just really awesome. And it, the movies like have this great, there's this great like undercurrent sort of sense of humor aspect where Hit Girl is this. Uh, little like she, she's this younger girl like a lot younger than the main character but she just is just way more badass and way more trained to be a superhero than he is because of just kind of her upbringing and it's uh it's kind of funny that like once kick ass and her start interacting she's kind of more so like he kind of is more in the sidekick role at that point but uh no hit girl's just a really awesome character um i think her backstory is super interesting and there's just like just conceptually it's a really cool backstory and uh of course just the action scenes from the movies um from the kick-ass movies are just so so great um i love like uh (laughs) one of the first action scenes where she's like slicing up all these, uh, I think there are drug dealers in the apartment with like a sword and you have like a bad reputation by Joan Jett playing in the background and just (laughs) just such a fun, gory, like just awesome scene. And uh, no, just hit girl. Like I've just had so much fun with the character uh, in those movies. So she had to make my list. Um, Hey, we matched on hit girl, by the way. Oh, that's awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we totally matched on hit girl and she's, what I love about that is, you know, everything you said, I agree with. So I'm not going to expound too much more on it. But I love the fact that, like, you go to watch that movie and you do not expect a 12 year old girl to be flipping around and stabbing guys and cutting them up and, like, beating the hell out of <laughs> these like, drug dealers and gangsters or whatever they are. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's just all over the place. And, like, the stuff that comes out of her mouth is gold because every line she says is, like, vulgar and um, precise. And, like, she just, she's such a badass. Um, and that's just the first movie, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you get into the second film and it's just, it's just even more than what it was. Hit girl's fantastic. She's such a great character. Um, and then like, it's such a tragic like origin story for the character too. When you think about how it was all put together, um, like that scene when, uh, her dad, um, was teaching her how to like, deal with pain and they have the scene where she puts on the Kevlar vest and he shoots her. You know what I yeah. mean? Saying, Good Lord. But there's this jarring effect to it. And then, you know, just the terms of translating into how she was brought up and taught how to do the things that she does. And that, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I
1: just, no, you're just making me want to watch, uh, Actually, both kick ass movies really bad. Like, I just really want to watch them now. Um, because even the second one, I know it kind of got bad reviews, but I even kind of liked uh, the second one really focused a lot on Hit Girl's struggles to fit in and just feel normal, you know, with uh, the kids she's going to school with and stuff. And I thought that was kind of a cool way to um, build on the character that we got in the first movie. So, yeah, um yeah all right man well this kind of throws it back to you because we match so yeah and this is where i'm like struggling to know who to talk about next because i feel like we might start matching um but i'm just gonna go with I uh we will match on one more and that's it i really okay don't. but okay that, that's that's <laughs> my that's my prediction anyway <laughs> that's um, fair i i think we might match on like two or three more um but either way i'm gonna go with this one next i'm gonna go with uh Damian Wayne, uh, that version of, uh, Robin, um, the son of Batman and, uh, Talia al Ghul. Um, I just think there's a, like I said before last week, when I pitched this list is, you could technically have a list that is nothing but Robin. (laughs) think that would be really easy, easy to do. Um, And uh, narrowing down which Robins you're going to pick definitely was a struggle this week. But uh, when it comes to Damian Wayne, the reason he made my list, even though he's kind of a he's kind of a huge pain in the ass and uh, he can kind of be a little jerk and stuff. But at the same time, I just kind of love that he's like this cocky little like He's he's like this cocky little shit, but he also like <laughs> I don't know. He's he's got this uh, he's got the moves to back it up sort of thing. Like I like his sort of uh, ninja esque upbringing and uh, just thinking of especially I've mostly experienced Damien in the uh DC animated movies, but um, I've just had so much fun watching the different movies that he's made an appearance in like uh, the son of Batman, especially like that movie kind of focuses on Damien in a lot of ways. So that one was just really fun. But uh, no, I think it's it's one of those things like I know people who don't like this character, but most of the time I've experienced him showing up he's actually been a really fun character to watch or read about. So yeah. Um, I don't drew, I'm sure you have more to say on Damien, but, uh, I just think he's a really fun character overall. Damien's awesome.
0: And what I'm going to say, what I want to say about him is that when he first arrived on scene, there was like this weird split in the community where like, everyone's like, God, I hate Damien. And then there's some people like, (laughs) like Damien, um, he is, uh, if you don't know who the character is, he is the actual son of Batman. So Batman had a love affair with Talia al Ghul, who's the daughter of Ra's al Ghul. Talia disappeared and um, kept herself hidden for 11 years, not telling Bruce Wayne that he had this son. And then she shows up on his doorstep one day saying, this is your son. Um, you need to train him. And, yeah. without, you know, basically without saying uh, I've already trained him in the ways of the League of Assassins. Uh, so he's already an experienced killer, but you need to teach him what it's like to be human and teach him what it's like to be you, because he eventually will be the next Razal al Ghul, and he needs that grounded um that grounded sense that you have as <laughs> well.
1: Um, it's so funny to dr- the idea of dropping a kid off at Batman's doorstep and treat right. him, teach him to be grounded, <laughs> Right, teach I know. him to be normal. <laughs> well, it's funny, it's, it's interesting
0: that you take that idea because pr- like years prior to them right DC tackling a story like this, they wrote a book called Kingdom Come, where um, at the end of the book, you find out that Superman and Wonder Woman are having a child together And they they, she's pregnant, but they ask Bruce Wayne if he'll raise the child and when he asks why they're like, because we can teach him how to use his powers and do all the good that we do, but we can't teach him to be human the way you do and. It's the idea that you have the Trinity, that DC, holy Trinity, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman raising a child together and the potential of what that character could become. So now we're going to take this character who's like crazily trained by one of the most elite assassin units in the world. And we're going to drop him on Batman's doorstep and say, you need to train him because you're better than us. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and Damien is incredibly cocky and arrogant. And he's such a little shit. But at the same time, Batman's going to train him and teach him. Right. And it's going to be amazing. And um, he has these moments where they're just incredible. Like Damien is awesome. Um, I know people don't like him. So it's kind of a give or take kind of thing. But Damien's fantastic. Um And yes, there are times that he drives me insane, too. But at the same time, like ah, it's Damien, it's fine. We'll see. Let's see how this plays out. You know, so, um,
1: yeah, I think that's part of the fun of him as a character, though. I guess there's for me to like a character. I don't necessarily have to they don't necessarily have to be somebody I would like in real life. I just like the his sort of bombastic personality that he brings to things. You know what I mean? So, I mean, if I knew Damien Wayne in real life, I probably wouldn't be able to stand him at all <laughs> so i definitely understand where people are coming from but reading a comic about him like i definitely think he's a really fun character yeah he
0: is and um i really like reading the damian wayne stuff so um i highly recommend everyone to check it out it's just because of how arrogant and cocky he can be because he, he still makes me laugh even though i'm just like man damian i <laughs> can't believe you know <laughs> all right you throwing it back to me yep all right um I'm going with Bucky Barnes for my number, for my next pick uh, or the Winter Soldier. This almost didn't make my list because I prefer him more as the Winter Soldier over Bucky Barnes. Um, but he's one of the original. He is really one of the original sidekicks that existed in comic books. Um, and he had this point. She, he got to a point where Marvel actually didn't know what to do with the character anymore. So they stopped writing him. And then it was referred to in dialogue that he died, but he didn't have a death issue. And it wasn't until Ed Brubaker came onto the scene that he wanted to resurrect the character. So he pitched to Marvel this idea he had because Bucky never actually had a death. So he's like, well, that means Bucky's probably still alive. So let's bring him back. And that's how they created the Winter Soldier. Um, Like I said, I prefer Bucky as the Winter Soldier. But because he's one of the originals, I had to I had to include him because the Winter Soldier has become. One of my favorite Marvel characters as a whole. Um, And I'm not talking just in the movies, but in the comic book level as well. He's become one of my absolute favorites. Um, And Ed Brubaker's run of the winners of Captain America, where they reintroduce Bucky and do the whole Winter Soldiers thing. It's fantastic. Um, I can't. There's nothing I can say bad about that. They do. The movie does things a little differently. Um, just because there's uh, some relationship stuff that's handled a little differently and there's extra characters within the Winter Soldier buildup in the comics. But they handled it so well. And, you know, casting Sebastian
1: Stan as the Winter Soldier was just amazing. But, yeah, so there you go. Yeah, that's uh, no, that's awesome. Uh, Bucky almost made my list as well. Like he was on my short list and he's definitely one of my favorite uh MCU characters I haven't really gotten super into him in the comics but I haven't read a ton of uh Captain America's like specific story arcs and stuff like that but uh no he's definitely really awesome almost made my list so uh definitely a good choice yeah well what's your next pick then um so the next one I'm gonna go with is um Supergirl um which is kind of weird because Looking at my list, I was thinking about it, and I was kind of like, well, Supergirl almost just feels like her own hero, but um, she's definitely portrayed, um, even in like her own show and stuff, as kind of being under Superman's wing in a lot of ways. And I think all of the, you know, like you have the Bat family and you have the Superman family. And uh, DC has a lot of families of like heroes and sidekicks. And she definitely fits in a sidekick role um, in that aspect. But no, Supergirl is just an awesome character. I think my favorite iteration of Supergirl is is really going to be the uh, Melissa Benoist version from... Uh, the Supergirl show. Uh, I just think they really knocked that show out of the park, especially the first couple seasons. I enjoyed a lot. I'm pretty behind on my CW verse. So I haven't watched all of the show. Um, but no, yeah, she's just she's just a really cool character. I also really like her in the comics. Um, I've always liked that Supergirl's always um she's had a lot more of a I don't know if like an attitude than Superman. Like a lot of times she lets her emotions Get the best of her, which I think is a really fun aspect with somebody in the super family, especially like uh, in the new 52 when she became a Red Lantern and stuff because of that. I thought that was a really cool concept. But uh, Drew, I know you're a big fan of Supergirl as well, so I don't know if you have too much to uh, add to this or what your yeah, thoughts are. Cause, yeah, because we matched on this one. <laughs> awesome. I, I felt like we were going
0: to. <laughs> this was not the one I thought we were going to match on either, by the way. When I was like, we're going to match on one more. Uh, no, I look, I've talked in the past about how much I love Supergirl and I truly, I truly do believe I think Supergirl's stronger more powerful than Superman. And it's literally because of the amount of radiation she would have gathered traveling to Earth because her rocket was knocked off trajectory. So different systems, different suns, that kind of stuff. Um, And when she finally gets to Earth, unlike Kal-El, her cousin, he's grown up learning how to control his powers and adapt and all that stuff. And hers are incredibly unchecked. And she has to Continue growing up. She has to adapt to this new environment. She has to understand how to control her powers and doesn't know how to control her powers. And, um, I just, that just adds to things. And then you think about the attitude like that you mentioned and stuff. Um, it just makes it even crazier. So when you think about it that way, I, I've always had this idea that Supergirl is more powerful than Superman. Um, but it's weird to think of her as a sidekick because she really is her own hero but when you read Supergirl like the comic it's very clear she's still a sidekick to Superman. Um yeah
1: it's it's funny because it's uh and it's it's it is one of those things that she started as just a Superman sidekick and she really has grown into her own superhero entity in a lot of ways. Like it's just it's just funny thinking about the show which is kind of probably the last version of Supergirl that I've really consumed and enjoyed she just feels like she's just her own hero. Like she's not a sidekick at all. That's why like looking back on my list. I was like, Oh, it's kind of weird that Supergirl's on there. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right.
0: Um, yeah, I totally agree. But I think it's fantastic. I do. Be- I do agree with you that I think the best iteration is the Melissa Benoit Supergirl on CW. Um, in terms of my viewing of that show, I literally just have to watch the final season. Um, it's, no, sitting- I- it's sitting on my DVR. I just need to watch it. Um, but that's where I'm at with it. Um, and I've, you know, it's and I've loved every minute of it. There's yes, there's some ups and downs, but they do such a good job of handling it. And Melissa Benoist does such a good job of playing the character. Um, but yeah, that's my favorite version of Supergirl. I do have some favorite versions in terms of like comic art, mm-hmm. uh, like Michael Turner's, for example. Um, his uh, I'd have to look up the Jeff Loeb after they did the run on Batman Superman. Jeff Loeb wrote Supergirl for a little while. And the uh, the first person i'd have to look back with the first person to do the art for them i thought was like i I loved like their artwork for her as well um but yeah so supergirl is my next pick for the night so i actually get to throw this back to you to find out what your second to last pick
1: (laughs) fun stuff um okay so my second to last pick is uh the Dick Grayson version of Robin. And this is the version of Robin that pretty much everybody knows and loves. He's the original Robin. um, And he went on to become Nightwing um, as well as, you know, the leader of the Teen Titans and uh, just an all around awesome character. He's an awesome leader as far as uh, comic books go. And um, it's hard to know where to even start. But just, uh, yeah, Dick Grayson, I've just always – Like I said, it was hard to narrow down which Robins I wanted to go with, but I think it it really came down to enjoying him as Nightwing, like thinking that character is just really awesome and kind of um, I guess like his legacy as a character has gone on to do like. So many amazing things. So he just had to make my list. Um, Drew, I don't know if we matched on this one or if you have any thoughts on uh, Dick Grayson we specifically. Did, we did but, match on this one. And
0: this is the one I actually thought we were going to match on anyway. Oh, uh, nice. Okay. When I was, I honestly agree with you that I could have done this entire list thinking about doing nothing but Robbins. I really could have. <laughs> and yeah. um, I realized that if I'm going to, I can't just do all Robbins. And I understand why you chose, and I totally understand why you chose Damien. Um, but the, uh, the thing I was looking at was if I'm going to choose a Robin, which Robin is it? And I really weighed my options really heavily. And it came down to the fact that my first iteration of Batman, my first introduction to Batman was 19 with Batman 66, the Adam West series. That's my first Robin is Dick Grayson Robin. Um, when you think back to comic books in general, everyone's first Robin was Dick Grayson. When you think back to sidekicks, everyone's first time contact is Dick Grayson, Robin Dick Grayson. Robin is the original sidekick period. You wouldn't have sidekicks in comics at all. If it wasn't for Dick Grayson, um, that's not entirely true. Someone probably would have came up with a sidekick idea, but he was the first, um, and you can't, you just, we don't talk about this list without Dick Grayson, Robin, and yes, he becomes he then leaves, stops being Robin and becomes Nightwing and he becomes one of D.C.'s greatest characters. And Nightwing is probably one of D.C.'s best characters when you look at, like, character lineups. Um, and I'm not. And yes, he hasn't really been. And If you watch the Titan show on HBO Max, you get to see, eventually he becomes Nightwing and we'll see the next season where he will be full Nightwing. But um the uh, so you haven't seen a lot live action, but if you read the comics, it's fantastic. Like I got really heavily involved in the Nightwing comic for a while. It was it's really, really good. Um, but yeah, Dick Grayson, Robin, Batman, he's the original he goes back to my childhood. It's nostalgic for me. Like he's he's the number one sidekick for me. So I probably always yeah. will.
1: So actually, those are some really good points, too, especially when you bring in the history of the character and like. Like, like you said, he's, like, the original sidekick. And, like, it's just really cool to see. Because I, I think of... Uh, when I think of Dick Grayson, I almost immediately think of Nightwing before Robin. Just because I'm just like, well, what's his current iteration, you know? And uh, it's just kind of cool to look back on it and realize, no, like, in the history of comics, this is actually, like, a super important character from him being the first big sidekick. And like you said, like, even if you... Like if you didn't grow up on the 60s Batman show and you grew up on Batman, the animated series, he's still going to be the first Robin or probably the first sidekick that you end up knowing and loving. And even if you got into Batman or into comics through the the old Batman movies. Like once you, you know, once you make it to Batman forever, like he's the Robin that you're presented with. So, um, no, that's just a really cool point to make about how this is, this is everybody's first sidekick for the most part. So right. yeah, that's awesome. All right. All right, man. Well, what's your final pick for the night, dude? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so super my last Ball, pick, man. yep, it's super boy. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the counter Cant con, con- <laughs> version. the, the clone that Project Cadmus was making of Superman um, that was, uh, you know, not fully developed like he was woken up too soon. So not all of his powers are exactly as developed as Superman and he is a younger version and stuff like that. But I always just thought that Superboy was I just always thought he was like a really cool and interesting character. Like I thought it was cool to have this Superman clone who was essentially woken up while he was a teenager and he just has a blank slate. Like he's a clone, like he has no past. And for somebody with this much power to try to find their place in the world as well as like, what are you even supposed to do as a character with this much power? I just think there's a lot of really interesting things to explore there. Um, And there's like a lot of comics I've read that I've enjoyed, but I really think that like the way the Young Justice animated series presented that story, I think they just knocked it out of the park with making um Superboy just a really a really interesting but also just really relatable character and kind of how he's lost since he is a blank slate and he has this kinship with Superman who's kind of like he feels is supposed to be this father figure to him but he's also a stranger in a lot of ways and kind of where do you find your place in the world like that? And uh, I just think he's, he's really interesting, but I've just always like, like, to be honest, I am a sucker for the the goofy 90s Superboy costume <laughs> where it's like Superboy and he's got the leather jacket and the sunglasses. Like, I know it looks super like hipster cheesy, but I still love that costume. But I also am a big fan of the current Superboy costume where he has, you know, he's just has like a Superman T-shirt on and uh, combat boots and you know, being somebody who doesn't have an alter ego really and doesn't and, you know, kind of wakes up with that clean slate and kind of is thrust into the super Superman role. It kind of just that kind of a costume makes sense. Like, why would you wear some spectacular costume if you don't really have to hide who you are, you know, um, and then otherwise, like, I love the uh, the reign of the super Superman Um comic book storyline after the death of superman and you have Superboy and steel and cyborg and the last son of krypton all trying to fill superman's shoes like that's one of my favorite comic arcs of all time so uh yeah i just of course enjoyed the superman aspects of that but i've talked about this character a lot and i'm talking about him a lot right now (laughs) so i don't want to ramble on too long but yeah this was uh my last pick um And it's kind of cool because this is the one that I wanted to save for last. And I actually was able to do it this week. (laughs) I was, was
0: too, because I wanted to wait for Robin, save
1: Robin for last anyway. So. Oh, nice. um, But yeah. So
0: and Superboy, I totally agree with you. I do prefer that version of Superboy, um, the the clone of Superman and Lex Luthor together, um, which is great because that's the version they're doing on the Titan show. And I'm really excited to see how they play that out. Yeah. because I, I I liked him in the comics and stuff. So let's see where it goes. So
1: I think the original Superboy comics were just about uh, Clark Kent when he was like a young boy. So that's yeah. like I mean, and then I know there's a couple other versions, but I think that's kind of the main version that everybody kind of knows and loves is the uh, yeah. the, the clone, you know. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what else, <laughs> what else to say at this that's point. Weird. Well, but, hey.
0: This kind of brings us to the end. So do you want to hear what we're doing next week? Yeah, absolutely. Great. So next week, um, we're going to go. You bringing up the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies kind of made me realize. And I kind of looked back at our giant list of what we've done in terms of actors. And we haven't done a lot of actors um, and like looked at their bodies of work. So I'm going to throw into the can that we're going to do or I'm going to throw into the hopper, if you will. This is an actor who when I looked up his film credits. Spans four hundred and six projects, um, so it's a massive, massive body of work. And he's more of a supporting role actor, so I expect our list to be all over the place. And I don't expect a lot. Of, I don't expect a lot of matching. So next week we're going to take a look at, and because he's a supporting role actor, I don't expect a lot of movies with him being like the lead because he has been the lead a few times. But we're going to take a look at the. Uh, The career of Danny Trejo next week.
1: Oh man! (laughs) So what's funny is you were talking, and there was different actors going through my head based on the description, and he was definitely one of the ones I was thinking of. And I was like, "There's no way it's going to be Danny Trejo." (laughs) That uh, that's awesome. This is going to be really fun. So, and I'm curious, and because of the amount of movies he's
0: been in, I'm going to give you a count to tell you which how many I've seen. Oh, yeah, so like he's probably made some compliment. appearance
1: he's probably made some appearances that we don't even realize, but I know no, he's I, I'm excited to dig through his uh, movies so he's he's a badass actor and uh no, yeah, this is just this is gonna be a fun list and he's in everything. so I don't expect a lot of matching next week. I mean, maybe at least one because
0: we might both pull out Con Air, for example, but we'll see what happens. Um, anyway, you gotta end for the night, what are you thinking? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. I think, yeah, we're good to go. Well, everyone, do us all a favor. Check out our website, top There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with a link to our email, topfivereport.com, 5 top5report at gmail.com. You can interact with the show there. Hit us up on our social media. Either way works. Um, we are on Google, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can subscribe to us. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. Um, you can also leave us a review, which we love those five stars. Um, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. You can follow me personally
1: on Twitter and Instagram at Uh, Drew3927Peter. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at NinjaPierre, and that's where I'll be pitching my own version of He-Man with 500% more pants and ponytails. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you need to go look that up.
0: (laughs) All right, man. Uh, For the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And uh, we'll talk to you uh, next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good night.